0: Hello, everyone,
1: and welcome to Grip Locked Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. We've hey, got an uh, insane show today. So first off, we had some the first look at live disc golf this year with the All-Star event. We'll recap that a little bit, go into some Trevor's trivia. And then the big story, the reason you're all here, I'm sure, is Prodigy Discs is suing Gannon Burr for breach of contract. So we'll go over the story as a whole, everything that's out there as far as we know up to date and um what this exactly looks like going forward so we're gonna go into all of that but uh first we're gonna start it off with our patreon question of the week so if you're not familiar with our patreon we do a podcast over there called the Heiser club mailbag our patreon is called the Heiser club and the mailbag allows them to ask us any question that they want and we answer them every each and every week comes out on fridays typically actually this week's episode came out today um Long story. Uh, and so anyways, this question for this week's episode was from Jordan O and said, "Which disc has the least accurate flight numbers, and why is it the rock? So this is an interesting question, I think, because a, flight numbers are always a hot button topic. B: can the rock be the one with the least accurate if it's one of the oldest: one of the with first. flight numbers? It,
0: it should have technically set the precedent. Yeah, it would depend on the, uh, what
2: discs were already out at that time.
1: So in current in current terms of disc Which, golf, like we can
2: totally figure. I can out.
1: see where the rock might be confusing to people, but like if you look at just the rock, the only flight number I would have a qualm with is maybe the glide.
2: Let me. Uh, I
1: think it's four four zero three. Mm. I could see it being like four five zero three, and then I would say, yeah, it's about right. I'll
2: look yeah. at what discs were around before the rock, just to see if there was any precedent there that was uh like a little shocking as far as like what the flight numbers were ended up. What the flight? What the flight? <laughs> what
1: the flight, bro? <clears throat>
2: so the AVR existed, um, the Stingray existed, and then the Rock. That was it. There was like the, the original Eagle, the Arrow. Like as far as just we know, like and know the flight numbers, like so, yeah. So I think in so when terms all you had those, was an AVR and a Stingray, I oh, was like cons- <laughs> like <compared laughs> when the Rock the came stingray? out, they're probably like, oh my
1: gosh, <laughs> yeah, six beef.
0: <laughs> so I, then the
1: question is like, with that in mind. Okay, so the Rock's flight numbers are accurate. Yeah, the okay. AVR is accurate, right? Now, does that change the perception <clears throat> of the question?
2: Well, I mean, yeah. Well, because if, if the Rock has only a four Innova, glide,
1: then I would say like pretty much every overstable approach disc on the market is inaccurate. Yeah, based you, on that, sir, I, would, I would say the zone would have to be like a four two zero well, you gotta, three or something.
2: You gotta stay within the uh, within the manufacturers, I think.
1: No. And that's the thing.
2: Oh. <laughs> I have a I have a disc that discraft I think didn't even has... use flight numbers at first.
1: No, they had their their one one system. Yeah, they're like point five. Well, stability that's what I mean. But whatever. like, were they
2: did they had they even assigned flight numbers like on their website or were they only no using they were that? only using the right.
1: discraft stability thing until what like probably two or three years ago.
2: I kind of like that system better.
1: It confused people too much. Like, the, the problem was that the flight numbers had been like universally accepted as like this is yeah. the way, and when you combine them all into one number, although lie. it made more sense,
2: I, I would agree it would confuse people. I kind of like a system that would just be a uh, rim width. You would just give me the rim width, and we would learn to understand what that means very quickly. That wouldn't be too hard to pick up on. So the in like millimeters or however you want to do it, and then the one single number of like. How stability stable.
1: stability. Yeah, cuz what what, 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 what originally <laughs> happened was then Discraft went to the four flight numbers and put their stability number at the end. Yeah. And the, one of the main questions I would get asked when I'd like talk about Disc or like a show flight number someone would be like, "What's that fifth number on Discrafts? Mm-hmm. Like why on earth do they have a fifth number?" And I was like, "Well, that's their stability rating. like That was Discraft's yeah. flight number." And then eventually they took it off cuz everyone was like,
2: I first got into yeah. Discraft, yeah, like I think just, like the disc like the buzz just was, was like a 0.5." Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I um it was easy. To, it was there will easy be to a company in. that will invent their their own system, and it'll probably be MVP because they just seem to do stuff like that. Well,
1: they've been doing a lot of half numbers. Yeah. Like well, they and change and
2: it by the plastic that the disc is made in, which is pretty cool. I have Here a, a disc working. that
0: I. This has got to be a joke by Gateway. I, I don't. Gateway has to be just absolutely. Hey man. Yeah. Don't put
2: words in their mouth. Come on. I will.
0: I would never. But no practice. the Gateway Karma. Is a mid-range. I've thrown it. I felt it. It is just. It is just a mid-range. And the flight numbers are as follows: a speed of seven, not true. Glide of eight, I don't think it's possible. Um, a turn of positive one, that's not a turn. But <laughs> that's not a turn. <laughs> and then a fade of negative two. I
1: wonder. I wonder if Gateway tried to invent their own flight numbers at some point, and that's why it's stamped like that. I just
0: because I would, like I would, I would, I would but it's uh, very much if like if you know that it's um, presented just as normal flight numbers.
1: You know that inbound flight chart that a lot of different like uh, retailers and stuff use, Yeah. and then like gives the uh, their own flight numbers. Mm-hmm. They call the Karma a five five negative one
0: three. Which I could see, but that yeah, makes I a could lot more it. sense than the first one. You yes, it over does. Tailament.
1: Also, there's a lot of Gateway Karmas that are just stamped without the flight numbers.
0: Too. That's what there's gotta it's gotta be a joke there.
1: Well I don't know if it, it was one of two things. It was either like they were trying to do a marketing push uh-huh. and make people be like, What the heck, I've gotta try this disc. Or Gateway was like, What if we invented our own flight number system? I mean, well, I think what, one of those wait, things might have happened. What is, I'm seven, all for it.
0: what is seven eight one two? What is the, could that be a date? Seventy eight twelve.
1: Well it's but it's negative two.
0: Yes. Mm, so gotcha. Seven
1: eighty one minus two, seven seventy nine.
2: Oh my gosh, seven.
1: <laughs> well, I was thinking 78, seven, like the seven, year nine.
0: 1978 Who was born? It was Dave when was Dave born? When does
1: Gateway found it?
2: Nineteen
0: ninety four. But when I'm was Dave? Ask me why born? I know that. Yeah. How do you know just from all the Trevor's trivia? It's on my hat that I have from them, I think. Oh. When was Dave born? If it's in seventy eight or um, something on here.
1: No? Dave McCormick, the uh seems to be a US senator. He was born in 65. <laughs> all right. That's fact. <laughs> there you go. So I don't know. I just, that's We're like all, all
2: about the facts, and let's get into this loss. All
1: right. Let's go <laughs> yeah. To the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Why are we talking
0: about this? The <laughs>
1: All-Star event went down this past weekend. We had, uh, on the FPO side, Team Katrina, pretty dominant performance, to be honest with you. Which was surprising. Um, she beat up on Team Own.
2: Especially, like, when the putting went down and Team Own lost, it was kind of like, well...
1: <laughs> yeah, team Team... <laughs> It was, it was what Katrina Allen and Missy Gannon were the ones in the putting and they kind of owned I, up, if you will. Ooh. Um but the after skills challenge, Team Cat was actually up three zero. They
2: gave them what they were owned.
1: They, and then in doubles, Team Cat took a, took another point, um, two one, and then Team Own took a point back in singles, but it was too little too Great. late. Yeah. Um so Team Cat won with the total um overall total uh actual individual score wise this is the only thing that really tells us anything going into the season is you kind of look at um what players did what ella hansen put up a very impressive hot round of the day at a 56 beating alexis Mandahano by six strokes in their direct matchup but mm-hmm. beating the field by two strokes the yeah. second place person was holland Han- no it was jennifer allen excuse me um with a 58 out there Sounds and then like holland it. hanley came in at 59 i mean I-
2: Crusher's course, you know. Um, It is.
1: Katrina Allen beat Onsagins by only one stroke. Evelina Solin and Missy Gannon tied. Hannah Blomroos lost by five to Kat Murch. Holland Hanley beat Sarah Hokum by eight. Ella Hanson won by six over Alexis Mandhana. And Jennifer Allen beat Maria Oliva by two.
2: It's also tough to gauge, like the All Star Weekend. It's it's good to just look how people's games look, but like with the scoring because they're in like these one on one situations, it's it's honestly hard, like. Those, those matches kind of pan out differently sometimes yeah. just because of the fact that they're one-on-one. They're not they're not like worried about the field or the cash line. So it's tough to get a, really a good gauge.
1: Now on MPO side, we had Team Rick, no surprise, take it down, seven to five. Team Ricky Rick, actually no Rick. uh, dropped out. Ricky yeah. had a swollen wrist. He's not sure exactly what caused it. Could be a lime flare up. He said, it, as far as he knows, it wasn't like an injury. I can't
2: think of a player who would hurt from that more than Rick like his sidearm is like is so heavy on him. Well, it, what
1: it seemed like was, was a little heavier this week. He he said mm-hmm. from what from what in the interviews with him it, it seemed forward. like he like could have played through it but Not it just it. being the all-star yeah. week yeah. and yeah. the yeah. season starting off next week he was like why would I do yeah, that yeah that makes, makes sense. Sense. which makes, that makes a lot of perfect sense. Makes so they sense. subbed in Corey Ellis who did a great job uh earned the team a point in a bunch of different time- ways. else is a baller. Um, so, Team Ricky ended up going 2-1 on the skills challenge, 2-1 in doubles, and then tied Paul 3-3 in singles to win 7-5. Um, main storylines, I mean, realistically, the the big all the eyes were on Simon Lazat. Originally, the eyes were on Ganon Burr before this whole storyline dropped, we'll talk about it later because we were like, what the heck is he throwing? Um, he was just throwing blank prodigy just, it seems. Uh, Simon, Looked very good in his first, mm-hmm, he did. his first thing throwing he, MVP out there. He had
2: some discs figured out. I mean, I was watching him. Uh, that that like five hundred and thirty foot shot he threw that just like leaned up against yeah. the pole. He, had,
1: he went I he think had back. He had multiple two five hundred
2: plus, plus foot holes where he hit the like the base of the basket. So the metal. He, is, he 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 uh, he said himself that he wasn't necessarily thrilled with his putting. But he has kind of always. But he
1: also hit some so- very solid putts. Yeah,
2: and uh, Let's he looked look at his putting percentage. He looked like uh, plenty effective. Out he was 100%
1: there. <laughs> C1X, but he didn't make any C2 putts.
2: Well, it was uh, before the singles that he would he had mentioned. But that. I was just looking at the, in the singles, um, but yeah, so clearly he figured that out too. But he uh, he looked very strong.
1: I believe um, he had the hot round out there. Yeah, yeah, he had he shot a 45. Kyle Klein shot a 46. Calvin Heinberg 47. Paul and Dickerson forty eights.
2: I do want to mention two things about the like the two notable things about the All Star Weekend. Number one, I wanted to ask you what did you think of how they did the accuracy challenge?
1: I actually didn't see the so accuracy challenge. They, uh, I, I saw a clip of it where they had like it was yeah. a similar rope thing where it looked like you're going right left right. Under type so thing.
2: they were there was like different ways to to go through. It was like uh, literally like ratchet straps or whatever. Yeah, and then you had to also approach within so like it was certain similar areas of the to last basket. year. Yeah, which I think like. That's a that's a fine way to do it because like there's there's you know you have to go through a gap yeah. but also land near the basket. My
1: biggest. I was on the road when all
2: that was going. Down. I, thought, I I
1: tuned in a little bit for putting while I was at dinner. Yeah, but I
2: didn't really have any issue with that. Now the distance competition, they allowed rollers. Why? That is I silly. could not explain silly. to you why because no distance competition ever allows rollers. Like that's. Well, I
1: also I like distance competitions where it's where it hits because they. And allowing rollers yeah. That also were allowing skips Right I saw I think it was Kyle Klein Don't quote me on that Someone Might not have been Kyle Klein Kyle
2: Klein had the roller That was the longest Some, well, shot Of the tournament kind of threw Like a little
1: bit of a worm burner yeah. And it hit And ended up skipping Like it hit probably It was decent ways out there But it ended up skipping Like another hundred feet Yeah And they got that Hundred foot skip And I was like
2: I don't know. I like yeah. I like
1: distance contests where it's like where it hits. I think they mm-hmm. were just like it's that.
2: I think they did it because there was a width of the fairway and they were just like, well, nobody's going to go for the roller. But they forget that like these guys are really good at throwing those. Well, shots. Well, you're also
1: giving them what was it, six shots each.
2: I think it's five or six. So
1: once you when, let's say it was six, once you throw throw five and you like, dude, I just pull one out over right. six hundred feet. Why not throw? A roller I, I just like
2: you know? and I saw a lot of people on social complaining because I was like, am I going to be in the minority here? Because like watching a really good roller fly. It's cool. It's cool, but like people want to see air shots. Like that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um. You know, the made to fly. Uh. That's like that's the sport. Like if if the all star event is meant to kind of show off, mm-hmm. like probably get the discs up in the air. So I, I was yeah, very the, confused um, about that.
1: I, again, the and this is the problem with all all star events. The the skills challenge didn't really. I wasn't that excited to watch it. Like yeah. It was cool, yeah. But it's once so again, hard to make it exciting.
2: Yeah, once mm-hmm. again, like for me, I just wanted to really watch the doubles and singles and like see the guys. That's play. what I was saying. Like,
1: I wanted to see what is Simon looking like right. out there.
2: Exactly. It felt like a scouting report for me, yeah, more than an all-star event. And you know, whatever. I don't know how many people are interested in that or not. Yeah, but I mean,
1: it's it's a it's a fun way. Uh, we talked about this on several different shows, I think. Um, but I, I think this isn't the right spot for the all-star event.
2: I mean, but here's the thing: NBA All-Star Weekend also just happened. Guess how much Mac I McClung. watched of that. Guess how much I watched of that. A few clips on Twitter. That's how much I watched of
1: yeah, that. Yeah, Mac McClung, no shock there, won the dunk contest. When you kept saying a G League player, I kept forgetting it was Mac McClung. Yeah. Like, that's not just a G League player. Oh, well, yeah. no, it's That very, is Mr. Hoop Mixtape. It's
2: very exciting. Out there. He's on a two-way um, contract now with the Sixers.
1: Yeah. Electric. Did you uh, see he? uh,
2: Did you see he won his total career earnings? He matched it with the dunk contest. It was like a hundred grand is how much he had made playing basketball, and he won that with the dunk contest. You gotta
1: love that. Um, But no, but it's something that all all star and Pro Bowl and they all struggle with. Like, how do you make people care, Mm -hmm. players and fans? Because like players, it's just something fun. Fans, it's like. If the players, I'm don't sure the care, players the
2: had a care. decent time out there. Like I'm sure the players, like yeah. nice and toasty warm Arizona, getting to it was a good warm up. That's
1: what most the players said. Like it was a good warm up under tournament pressure. Yeah. Of like you got to see, you, you see how your disc fly all off season, but now you get to see them like mm-hmm. going against like you, you like Simon. Just beat a field of very solid players. Yeah, and like if, and like that's a good confidence boost for him going into the season on, with MVP on his if, back.
2: If I was a player, like, I would enjoy that. Like,
1: there was nothing wrong. I there's nothing wrong with the All Star yeah. event. I think it kind of just is what it is right now. My only thing is, I wish it was during the season or towards the end of the season, so that it was like you could have like storylines building throughout the year. Yeah, it kicking off the season, like Isaac Robinson being there, was a very cool storyline, but it's kind of forgotten in mm-hmm. my mind. Like mm-hmm. he was, he played pretty solid. He ended up losing. Um, he struggled a little bit down the stretch, but I saw multiple times where he hits put. He hit putts, and I was like, "Yeah, that's why Isaac Robinson won Idlewild. That mm-hmm. makes sense." But it was a cool little preview for the season. Um, obviously, the season kicks off at Vegas. If you want to hear more about Vegas and all everything that all the storylines going into that event, um, you can check out our preview show, which will be coming out the day before the live coverage starts. Yeah. Um. Some, and somebody's yeah, going to be a excited. Pro
2: Tour winner this weekend.
1: Is, I can't believe it's already here. I know. Crazy. We made wild. it again. Um, as for the like Disc Golf Network, this is also your first look. Their graphics were definitely a little different. I liked them. Um, I liked what they were doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't watch it on desktop ever. I watched it yeah, on my phone same. and on my um, TV, but apparently on desktop, they now have like a live viewer where you can see how many people are watching on the Disc Golf Network, That'll be interesting to like check it's in. It's that that's
2: on desktop because I feel like I do watch occasionally on desktop. Like if I'm usually it's a lot of time if I'm here. Yeah. But like I'm I'm almost always on my phone or on my TV. Yeah. Like on the um, Roku app.
1: But it'll be something that we'll kinda like tune in here and there and like check out like how many people are watching right now. Yeah. Because um, those are cool stats to know. Um the other thing that I noticed is it did seem like the disc golf network's quality was was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it was bad last year by any yeah. means. But like there were some few shots I noticed that I was like, man, the uh i like noticed like man that the quality here is actually like pretty impressive like it actually looks pretty pretty solid again not saying that last year's didn't it just was noticeably an improvement i don't even know how to put into words what i'm saying with it because like obviously last year is full hd but it looked crisp so we'll see if uh i would assume that they might have changed platforms maybe upgraded cameras who knows um there'll be something to look at going this weekend though obviously all right. Uh, do you have a Trevor's Trivia? Or are we yeah, I do. In? All right, do. Let's, let's go. Let's throw it to Trevor's Trivia, fan favorite segment, and then we'll break down what you're here for.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Simple question today related to the uh, Las Vegas Challenge. Um, so if you're new to disc golf, you may not know this, but the Las Vegas Challenge used to be known as the Gentlemen's Club Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, they rebranded, probably for good reason. Um, it was a little racy. But the, uh, the question is, what year was the last time it was known as the Gentlemen's Club Challenge and who won that year?
1: Oh. Oh dang. Two great questions. Um cuz it was the whole thing it was when it was coming to the pro tour cuz it was still on the NT as the Gentlemen's Club Challenge. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the rebrand happened in um so the last year it was the Gentlemen's Club Challenge is yes. the question.
2: What was the last year it was known as?
1: I'm gonna say 2018. Okay. Feels right. Oh, dang.
0: And who is the winner? I was going way older than that.
1: Um, the winner of that Gentleman's Club challenge, because there was a little bit where it got like it was off the tour for a minute. And it was just an A tier. But is that when it happened or no? I'll
2: tell you, this was an NT. It
1: was an NT. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say Paul McBeth.
2: Ricky Wysocki was the winner, and it was in 2017.
0: Oh was Ooh, I was going to
1: say 2016. Did Paul yeah. win 2018 Vegas? I got to look that up. Uh, I think he did. I have it here. No,
2: Eagle won 2018 Ah, Vegas.
1: Darn it. Yeah. 20, so I just remember they, at oh, because the last stamp that, because like the Gentlemen's Club Challenge, part of what was the big pushback was the stamp they released every year. It was not a stamp that if you <laughs> want to show kids disc golf, you show them but the last one it was like a collector item because for the las vegas challenge they used the same like artwork and then it said like goodbye gentlemen on on that stamp i remember that collectible disc like hitting dollar disc golf auctions Mm. after vegas people were like are you kidding me like they rebranded and they're still doing this because like there was a little bit of like uproar it wasn't it wasn't anything serious from the disc golf community because half the disc golf community didn't care and the half that did care was like somewhat loud about it and was happy it was changing and then there was like the pushback of like, yeah. you changed to get away from this branding and you still made a disc with it.
2: Well, the level of what is serious in disc golf has changed a lot based on what we're about to talk
1: about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the like, um, scope of like, so what is a big deal? Yesterday, I, my wife and I went out. Where were you yeah. when you heard? My wife and I went out the to couch? Target. We came mm-hmm. back. Our son was asleep in the car. And I was like, hey, you know what? If we get him out of the car, he's going to wake up. So let's just take a nap in the car. Wow. So that's what we did. <laughs> Big play right crashed. there. Crashed. Liz and I that's, just crashed in the car. not In your, not in your in driveway? Car. In my driveway. Yep. That's, we just pulled in the driveway, threw hilarious. it apart, and just knocked out for a solid like 45 right minute nap. It was incredible. That's great. I wake up, I look down at my phone because my phone's going off, and I just have a text that says, Prodigy suing Gannon Burr. I was like, what?
2: Yeah, that's a tough what? one to wake like, up to. What? That's a tough one.
1: What do you mean? Where is this information? So I go, obviously goes straight to Twitter and I see that UltiWorld has tweeted and the title of their article is Prodigy sues Gannon Burr for breach of contract. Prodigy seeks to block Burr from leaving endorsement contract early and wants moneta- monetary damages. This is something that on Griplock we've talked about like this is coming right at mm-hmm. some point someone some company, I've always wondered when the first because lawsuit would happen.
0: It's always seemed like this stuff is not taken very seriously in, right. in the disc golf contracts.
1: Well, what's happened in the recent years is there's been a bigger and bigger trend of players leaving contracts early, and every time that happens, you go, wow, what, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Simon was the first one that, like, he left his contract early, but there was an obvious buyout clause that got enacted right. and mm-hmm. stuff like that that happened. Um, but other times, like, it's happened, and you kind of sit there and you go, these contracts must have sucked for this player to just walk away and the company let them but then you're also like in the back of your mind you're like but is it the company like could enforce it but they don't want to mm-hmm. and you never know the answer right it seems here we might know the answer at some point in the future because obviously gannon burr was the big storyline last week exactly i believe a week ago today he announced on his instagram he's leaving prodigy yep we expected an announcement before the Las Vegas, or not before the All-Star event, of where he was going. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't happen. He was out there throwing, I, he was still throwing Prodigy discs, but all the stamps were wiped, I believe. Um, and he was wearing his uh, All-Star jersey, didn't have the Prodigy logo on the sleeve or on the back. Every other sponsored player had it on their their jersey. So this was also, to me, it showed like, hey, this was a premeditated decision. This wasn't a last minute thing like a lot of people were saying. Um, there's that was like the whole storyline we we're waiting like where is the announcement people were throwing out the speculation of like prodigy or ganon left prodigy not with nowhere to go and we were sitting here going that's wild yeah there's no shot he doesn't yeah. have anywhere to go <laughs> maybe it wasn't so wild because mm-hmm. it, it seems that ganon doesn't have anywhere to go at least in my mind it seems like he must have had some type of offer or something some reason for ganon to do what we're about to talk through um, and Prodigy Gannon side Obviously Gannon thinks he has reason That he could leave Prodigy side Obviously they think he doesn't um, And there's a lot of stuff being tossed out We'll go through kind of the Old Terroir article We've also had someone look into this for us To farther explain with the court documents Like farther explain what's being said In the Old Terroir article So we have a better understanding Of what's actually going on here What is being alleged by Prodigy um, What are these alleged contract breaches From Gannon Burr and, right. you know, trying to look at the yeah. facts, quote unquote, that are being presented by Prodigy and like, is there any grounds for any of this? Right.
2: Because right, um, right, right now, right the, the, now, the point that we're at in the case is essentially Prodigy is filing for a preliminary injunction and in a temporary restraining order against Gannon Burr because they're basically saying that. And that that would basically mean that Pro- that Gannon cannot um, sign with anybody else until this is resolved. Um, and Prodigy is basically saying this needs to happen because if it doesn't, and we have to wait, there could be immediate like irreversible damage to the company if this doesn't happen now. So that is what Prodigy is initially filing for, what they want to happen, um, and what their original like their their argument is. Because it
1: seems like it seems like Prodigy was in a similar mindset of us of. Gannon's about to announce a new contract, right. and they're saying, we need action to happen now right. to prevent that mm-hmm. from happening. So, this all starts, um, th- This is. So I'm reading this from the Old World article. It seems Old World also had someone look into their court filings, um, because a lot of this is, is quotes from it and stuff like that. So, uh, this is from the Old World though, the alleged contract breaches. So, the dispute escalated after a January 13th email from Burr to Prodigy Management. In that email, Burr alleged five items that he says constituted a material breach of the endorsement contract. Now, before we read these, if any of these were true, so if any of these do breach Burr's contract, then in said contract, there is like he needs to give them a 30-day window to write them, is yeah, what it seems. It is a
2: cure period where there's a 30-day cure period, essentially, in the contract, which means that Prodigy would have 30 days to cure these alleged breaches. Yeah,
1: so Gannon's saying, these five breaches are the reasons that I have a right to leave, is what Burr is alleging. And Prodigy, on the other side of that, basically has 30 days to right the wrongs, mm-hmm. for, or so on. Um, so this is what Burr... Gannon Burr outlines. Um, first, number one, Burr didn't receive a PDGA Rookie of the Year commemorative disc despite promises that he would get one. Number two, Gannon Burr did not receive regular sales reports to verify royalty payments on disc sales. Quote is, my mom and I were told we would, we could see those at any time, but they never have been sent to us, even though Prodigy knew that was very important for us to have, he wrote. Did not get to, this number three, Burr did not get to select which signature disc he would receive and that he was promised two but only received one, which has negatively impacted his potential earnings. Number four, Prodigy's disc quality is pure is poor, not pure, poor, and the molds are inconsistent, and that he made such complaints known as far back as June of 2021, with quote unquote flashing being a particular quality control concern. And number five, that he was owed $500 in unpaid bonuses. So, in response, Prodigy sought to resolve or cure the alleged breaches and rely on the endorsement agreement's languages, language providing for a 30-day cure period before the contract termination, which is what we just said. Um, so, Prodigy paid Burr the $500 owed and sent him a sales report. In their court filings, they said that the signature disc and rookie of the year commemorative disc complaints raised are not breaches as they were not specified in the contracts yeah. as required. So,
2: basically, Prodigy, what Prodigy alleges and what they basically file is that of those five complaints, the only one that could be arguably a material breach because they are alleging that the other four are not even within the contract is the bonus one. And then they are also alleging, um, and, and uh, attempting to show that that was paid, uh, the $500 were paid. And so that would be, and that was well within the cure period. So prodigy Gannon is basically alleging, um, those five things as potential uh, or, well, he's saying they are material breach. Prodigy is then re- returning saying that this is, four of those are not, were not even within the endorsement deal or they were even satisfied potentially. Um, and then also the only one that could arguably be a material <laughs> breach, um, if it was, would be the the bonus one and that was cured. So that that's like so far the, like the claim and the response that we've seen.
1: Yeah. Um, and what I thought was interesting, I actually didn't catch this earlier, but um, in this UltraWord article, uh, we'd have to look back to see where they get this from. But in the UltraWord article, apparently they also sent them a sales report as well. So yeah. even re- regardless of in the contract, not in the contract, Prodigy saying number two and number five of these alleged breaches, they have now resolved in the 30-day period. One, three, and four, they're saying, which they actually, uh, I believe Prodigy, Talk through like where some of these things they they're standing behind like even did happen but it doesn't matter whether it did or didn't happen because Prodigy's saying alleging that that wasn't in the contract right to begin with so what what it seems is like what could have happened in my opinion is maybe some of these things were like a verbal or like happened over like email or something where it's like yeah we'll let you blah 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 but that doesn't
2: I would say, yeah, really
1: matter if it's not in the right. contract. The que- yeah,
2: question number one of the whole thing would be the enforceability of those requests, whether it be via text message, verbally. And from what I know of contract law, I don't believe that that is going to be enforceable, but that is something that I'm not 100% positive. But that would be like question number one, essentially. because. Um, but the problem is, you know, Gannon is... Saying material breach of contract, and if he's basically alleging that it was the contract that, um, that you know, the main endorsement deal, then that doesn't really appear to be a part of that endorsement deal. So, that is, um, that's like the first interesting piece to this puzzle, I would say.
1: Oh, well, yeah. The, um, so obviously, this court filing shows us a lot of Prodigy's side of this because yeah. it's obviously Prodigy stating their case in a lot of ways, and, and so Gannon, the only, information legal wise that we've seen is just this email from gannon to prodigy with these five alleged items Mm -hmm. um so where it goes beyond this we're still you know it's still up in the air now um the court filings also include this is back to the ultimate article the court filings also include attestations what a word from prodigy ceo mark anderson um and efforts to renegotiate burr's contract to increase his compensation now this is something that on Griplock we talked about like this is what I was expecting this offseason. Yeah. I was expecting, we all knew Gannon was signed through the 2023 season. We had heard rumors all throughout the offseason of, of Gannon possibly going to Discbania. That was like just a swirling rumor that was put, yeah. on, put out from Twitter, Reddit, all these different places. I constantly said, like, what I'm expecting is Prodigy to renegotiate, double down with Gannon, and extend him this offseason mm-hmm. before he becomes a free agent. Yeah. Um, apparently according to Mark Anderson in, the, in this He said he asked GB Ganon-Bur, What he was seeking in terms of renewed compensation He said in, court, in a court declaration After these discussions we made a proposal To Gannon Burr that include a compensation package That would ap- approximately quadruple The compensation package on his current deal Now what that means No clue uh, Because we don't know the compensation package Of his current deal Yeah. In the court filings that's all blacked out right. we So there's, there's no way to know what they actually offered him But Anderson said that he never heard a response, so Prodigy sent a response to Burr's claims of the contract breach. On February 13th, however, um, Burr's lawyer sent an email to Prodigy that they had not cured any of the alleged breaches besides the $500 in bonuses and that the contract was therefore terminated. And that same day, Gannon Burr posted on his Instagram that he was leaving Team Prodigy. Two days later on February fifteenth, Prodigy filed his lawsuit against Burr. The first hearing considering the temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction was held on February sixteenth. The court has taken it under advisement and a follow-up hearing is scheduled for March third.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically for prodigy to for Prodigy to get their preliminary injunction and and or restraining order approved, they have to prove a few things uh, to the court. Um, one of those things being, there's like a four different things, but one of them being that they have a likelihood of succeeding in, in the lawsuit. Like that's a part of it. Uh, and then, and they feel confident with what they've presented that they will. That's, that's, you know, what they're basically putting down in their argument. This is obviously their side of things written up by their legal, legal team. Um, they ha- also have to prove that this is good for public interest. Uh, they have to prove that, They would suffer irreparable harm if this were to go on without this being happening. Like, they could happen immediately. Uh, And then they would also have to prove that their loss would be greater than Gannon's in the case. Like, basically, the damages they would take on would be much worse than the harm that would come to Gannon. So, they have to basically prove those things um, through what they filed to have this granted. Um, What is interesting is if this were to be granted basically that it would mean that that Gannon um from what I understand it would mean that Gannon is unable to sign with a competitor um until this can fully be resolved and and if this gets far enough in court you know court these court things are backed up a lot right now um especially at certain levels of court I know some some court cases are backed up five years in certain places so what you could see is a situation potentially where Gannon Burke could be prohibited from being sponsored as this plays out, and it could go a long time. Like, it could be years. So that's where, like, when I first saw this lawsuit, my immediate thought, and, and you know, I took a one undergrad law course, but then I was able to converse with one of my friends who's much more versed in the in the legal world and kind of understand this. But, like, when I first saw this case, my first thought was, like, Oh, that I'm sure they'll settle outside of court. You know, I think a lot. I think I think there's a very high percentage, if I remember correctly, of lawsuits that settle outside of court. You know, not you don't really see a lot of trials. You know, that's not uh, the typical thing. Um, but you know, what does that even look like? I don't know because this is just a really interesting situation where Prodigy, if they feel they were backed into a little bit of a corner here, because like if you're a Prodigy, okay. And, and you're in this situation and, and like, if you, if you choose to not pursue legal action, uh, and Gannon walks, that would hurt the business. Or if you decide to pursue the legal action, the public perception could be hurt, you know, of suing a beloved player. Um, and then if you're Gannon, you're in a tough spot too, because like, if, if there really was some breach of contract, like you definitely want to like not be trapped under a contract. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. It's a very weird um, one.
1: W- so to wrap this wrap your mind around this a little bit more, this is uh, the ultimate article I think puts it kind of pretty well. So the district court judge assigned to the case, Steve C. Jones, declined to issue an immediate ruling on the request for a temporary restraining order. Instead, there will be a follow up hearing in two weeks. Legal experts have told Ulti World that not getting an immediate ruling is typically a sign that a request for a temporary restraining order won't be granted, but a preliminary injunction which would also bar Burr from signing an endorsement contract with another manufacturer until the outcome of the trial is decided is still possible. Which it goes back to what kind of what
2: you were saying. That's the big one. And that is what like that is a situation where and like there's still a whole lot that needs to unfold. And one one thing I want to say to everybody is there is a lot of legal resources out there that you can obtain by doing your own research on this. You know, the the court of public law. You know, there's a lot of things that you can find on your own. So I encourage you do your own research, find, find out these things for yourself. And, um, you know, we can only do so much. We, we've been given some information, um, and some help from people that know more about this stuff than we do, but we're just trying to kind of get the story out, but do your own research because it's out there. Um, but from what I understand, if this thing drags on through court, a, it's just going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Uh, and B it could be, it could be years of Gannon Burr not being able to be signed under anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like if the preliminary um, injunction goes through, if that, if uh, whatever judge hears it and if they side with Prodigy in this one, um, and Gannon is barred from signing an endorsement contract until the outcome is decided, I mean, Gannon could be looking at like basically being unsponsored, right? For yeah. a number of years if that's the case. If it now also, there, there isn't a flip side where this gets you know, heard very quickly, and the outcome's decided six months from now, or whatever, um, but you're kind of handcuffed here. Mm-hmm. Um Now, the next paragraph, they say, Burr could, in theory, announce a new contract before the court's rule, but he could face farther liability if prodigy prevails in court, right. so now that's something where, like, the other companies, I think, would have to be looking at it, and it's like when you're an NBA player, and you get a physical before you go to your new team. Yeah, It's like, feel, what do we need to know about this? If
2: I was another company right now, you're very you're very cautious. You're not yeah. not necessarily wanting to get tied up in it.
1: Yeah. Now another thing that's very interesting, and we can go into this a little bit more too, is farther complicating matters is that Burr executed his contract with Prodigy as a minor and yeah. that Burr remains a minor. Now Burr's mother co signed this agreement, and the enforceability of a contract with a minor may become a legal issue in the proceedings. So, but so,
2: so yeah, so this is what sides. this is what we got. We've heard We've heard like uh, a lot about this recently. People kind of commenting in here and there about Gannon Burr uh, was a minor when the contract was signed. Um, still a minor um, when
1: when we first when when Gannon first initially left Prodigy mm-hmm. a week ago when we saw that post. That was kind of where our minds went because yeah. we had been told through the grapevine different things about like Georgia minor law right. and. We were so, like, well, the only reason we're hearing that is this must something must be going on. So when I heard Gannon announce he's leaving, my mind immediately went, oh, this must be this whole right. Georgia minor law thing.
2: So what we but, were able to find through our legal expert was that basically the minor defense is interesting here because uh, there is law in Georgia that says, um, quote, generally the contract of a minor is avoidable. Um, and unfortunately, that that is kind of broad languages that have, led to a lot of articles and what's called in law, they call this bro law. And that's basically when somebody who doesn't really know a lot about law, uh, kind of just throws something out there cause they see like mm. some very general broad language. Um, and so there's a lot of articles and things that say any contract entered into someone under the age of 18 is void. Uh, like you can literally find just Google searches and that'll pop up, but there are statutes after that general rule that carve out exceptions Um, And one of those, basically all three of those statutes could apply here uh, because the statute one and three basically are saying, um, does the, uh, does the minor participate in a profession or a trade or engaged in business? Yes. And then is the contract, the statute number three is it does the contract relate to that? Also, yes. Uh, And the statute number two is, does that that minor have the permission of his parent or the guardian or of the law to pursue that occupation? So that those statutes exist in that. So if the defense had to do with this minor uh, situation, that might not hold based on what our our legal expert was able to find in Georgia contract law related to that. Um, so that is my my big thing is, um, you know, when. When Gannon was alleging the material breaches, um, was that the entire play? Was it this is literally like we think we got them, or did they have something more in their back pocket? We're gonna have to wait and see how it unfolds. Um, because as much as like I initially thought this would settle outside of court, um, you know, Prodigy is alleging like like they want damages basically. And it's not going to be cheap. So if they are really, if Prodigy really wants paid, um, and if that is what they're after, then you know this could this is going to get expensive for somebody. You know, anytime, yeah. anytime you have serious lawsuits, serious lawyers involved, this is going to get expensive. Um, and money is going to somebody's going to pay up. You know, essentially. So this is going to be very interesting, and it's super unprecedented for disc golf. And. You hate to say it, but there's a really good chance somebody's going to come out on the other end of this in, in in rough shape, and it's like it's it's sad to an extent, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, we're just going to kind of have to see as this develops. It's something that you can guarantee that we're going to be tracking um, as things are continually filed and and brought to the case. It's something that we're going to be continuously looking at, um, and and making sure we're also getting outside source and opinion on this as well from people that that know the legal system. Um, because right now, we're basically seeing Prodigy's... We saw you know Gannon's initial uh, complaints and then what he was alleging. And we see Prodigy's response, what they're alleging. And if you just look at those two things, you know it seems like the picture is, is somewhat clear. Prodigy's just basically saying uh, what they're alleging is... These are not breaches, and then we cured what we needed to. So now we just need to see how the rest unfolds. Yeah, because you can't you can't just stop it here. You know, there's you know there's there's legal battles going on here. So, um, it's it is going to be very fascinating. It's super unprecedented.
1: No, yeah, and the initial response I think it was as expected. So the disc golf audience and community, as is with pretty much any lawsuit, I think they're mm-hmm. not going to like when a company sues. A person an individual
2: what well, a big company suing yeah you know, a, a kid essentially and
1: especially in this case you have someone who is becoming a fan favorite he right. has a lot of big fans but in, if you're in prodigy shoes right because obviously there's two sides to every story mm-hmm. gannon his side he feels he was wronged. prodigy their side they feel they was wrong yeah the whole point of this whole thing is one of them was actually wronged and that's what the, the court, is up to the court to decide who that actually was. But let's look at it from Prodigy's side, right? Prodigy is in a situation where they had the future face of their company, even the current face of their company, announced he's leaving his contract early. And in their opinion, with these, everything they're alleging in this thing, he didn't have the rights to do so. Mm-hmm. And so Prodigy is sitting there and their two options are essentially, we let this guy walk or we take action. Mm-hmm. You let them walk, you're going to have damages to your company because you know if, if let's say Gannon did sign with Discmania and he announces those fans that Gannon had yeah. that were throwing your products because it's a of, big deal, yeah, are now going to be introduced to a new manufacturer, right? And they might not be, not be throwing Prodigy, yeah. So they're like, if we let that happen, that hurts us. But now, if we do what in Prodigy's eyes is the right thing, right? And we hold we try to defend our business and defend what they think has, is going on then you're going to have the public backlash that Mm -hmm. is also going to hurt the business. Yeah. And then on Gannon's side, you know, he just had a career season, right? Right. So he comes to the end of the season and who knows what led to this, this moment, right? Because if you look at the history with Gannon, he's been happy with prodigy in years prior. Um, Obviously he's alleging in this, that this public perception, public reception, because obviously in this, he's alleging that all the way back to sometime in 2021, he's started to voice concerns. Yeah. Um, he's allegedly saying that in here uh, but from hub- public perception he's been a very good representative of prodigy yeah. and to where this all kind of came as shock to the to the public and to us even as the media with even some insider knowledge but if you're gannon you're like i just had a career season i just won usdgc you're kind of in this place where you're like i need to bet on myself this off season because if I wait, what if I have a crap year next year yeah. and you need to strike while the iron's hot? It's kind of like a college basketball player when you're in year like one and you a have a, you're a freshman and you popped off. You can go to the NBA draft right now and be a, a lottery pick mm-hmm. or maybe close to a lottery pick or you come back for your sophomore season and he's like, your, your draft stock could tank. In my eyes, right. that's kind of where Gannon find, found himself at the end of the season, right? So he's like, my, my stock's high right now, but he's in a contract. You can't just blink and leave a contract. Now, obviously, Gannon thinks that there's legal ways that he can leave this contract. Mm -hmm. And so now Gannon's probably being talked to by other manufacturers. He might have heard an offer that he liked from someone else who knows what happened. And and Gannon's like, I have rights that I can leave Mm -hmm. and I can strike while the iron's hot. Because obviously, Prodigy's saying they offered a, a huge increase in his compensation. Yeah. That wasn't enough. right. Now, this isn't anywhere in any of the court filings. This is just me trying to make sense of it all. What that tells me personally and what I would think must be true is that Gannon must have had some type of offer that made him say, I'm worth more than
2: that. The timeline. So, yeah. the Sure. I mean,
1: that's just what I'm thinking might be going on.
2: With the timeline, you have Prodigy alleging that in November is when they first heard of things getting shaky. Um and that would be right after the season. Obviously, yeah. Gannon's a huge season. Could they have heard a huge offer? Absolutely. That timeline would would make sense. Um, and I think Prodigy they could be alluding to that with what they're saying um, because they allege that you know one of the big things that they're they're saying in the filings is that they are. Um. They're like concerned that Gannon could be talking with 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 uh, other companies right now. He could be announcing something tomorrow. Like that's yeah. why they want this. Um, that's why they wanted this TRO like immediately. Like they wanted it to be enacted so quickly. Um, I mean March because even like March third for the next hearing. You know that's a while from now. There's events that are gonna happen. Like that is just gonna, it is just gonna be under a microscope. It's it's fascinating. Ganon is gonna be under a microscope. And because imagine now if you're Prodigy and Ganon comes out and wins the first two events of the year. Like, cause now, now is that like, are they gonna be getting more ammunition from what happens in these next two weeks if their case does prevail? Like, that's the the interesting thing. Like, I mean, is it, does it get crazy enough that Ganon says that he's not gonna play until it's resolved? Like, or at least for a couple, at least until the next hearing. Like, I have no idea because, like, if I—I mean, if you're Gannon, like, that's so much, so far over my head. Like, Gannon, if you're Gannon, like, there's so much stress and pressure. I'd imagine, like, that's this is your career in the balance. We're talking about.
1: On one hand, I think the disc golf world's getting caught up in like he's just a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just 17 years old, and I think that's what. Like it's it's different if this is a if this was Innova and Ricky. Yeah. Right. Then I think the public perception would, would probably be similar, but it'd be different. Yeah. But the the public perception is like, we have a, a 17 year old getting caught up in this. But on the flip side of that coin, I think back to myself at 17. I think like sometimes it's better to be the kid in that situation where like may, it, it might be easier to be a little more stress free because you got your parents kind of well, fighting ca- for you it, and, it's, and stuff like that.
2: It's one of those things where like if his legal counsel wa- is giving him confidence too. You know, well, we're not because like right now, you probably have you you could have a legal team with Prodigy, very confident in their case. You have, could have a legal team in Gannon, very confident. It's really going to be until they go head to head and clash, or until new things are brought to the table that you might see like a oh. <laughs> like, well, I think this preliminary like, oh boy, this
1: preliminary injunction thing will tell us a lot.
2: That it it probably will, and it, well, it'll definitely tell us a lot about what's going to happen in the next few years. Um, yeah. In. And also, like, there is there could there be a settlement, you know, well before that happened? this whatever a lot that we might never know. Yeah, like, there, there's definitely a lot that we'll probably never know. But there, I mean, it is just it is just What wild. this
1: has done for the disc golf world is players and companies, I think, are going to be a lot more serious, which you've already seen them get a little bit more serious, about lawyering up this, with these contracts. Yeah, this
2: is going to make it even more apparent. That was
1: the thing is, like, this, was, this had to happen at some point. It was
2: going to happen. Yeah. There, at some I, we, point. We've and said it was it,
1: never going to be pretty whenever it did. We said
2: it so long and we didn't know if it would be player company. We kind of always alluded that way, but there was always going to be the first big lawsuit in disc golf. We didn't know if it was going to be two manufacturers, a manufacturer and a player, a manufacturer and a retailer. Like you never knew what it was going to be, but we knew this would happen. And like, I swear it was just months ago that we were just kind of speculating We'd be like, Oh, wouldn't that be crazy? And here it is right in front of us. Like yeah. when I saw this article pop up on my phone, I could not believe it. I was just staring in disbelief because I was like disc golf has since the beginning of time had a very everybody works together very community like we all help each other out scratch each other's back type persona at least portrayed to the community and this was a this is the first time that a company said you know forget it like we we're gonna take a stand for better for worse and and we're just gonna put this out there it's a very direct like
1: we are against you. Well, it's obvious that, that Prodigy, I say it's obvious. In my opinion, looking at this, Prodigy thinks letting Gannon walk hurts more than the backlash of this lawsuit. Yeah, like it, Prodigy's they, basically saying like They
2: certainly in their I minds found it to be worth it. At some point
1: um in this in the ultrawide article, um I don't need to find exactly when it when they said it, but at some point they they basically said like um to summarize, because I'm, I'm well, trying to find it, they basically said like if Gannon walks, it could be detrimental well, to the company. And then it's tough. Well, yeah, they
2: they say it over and over again, and it's and what they're citing, and it's they show some in the article and in the filings is all of basically these community posts. I mean, you saw the PDJ Rodman. PDJ Rodman there, made it in where there. they're basically saying, look at what the community is already doing um, with our with our image due to this move. Like they had to, they had a whole day's worth of that of yeah. the community saying. Um, like, wow, Prodigy just lost their biggest player, this and that. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really tough one. Um, you know, we're just gonna have to see how it plays out because like, you know, we don't want to, we certainly are not going to like sit here and take sides until there's more out. We don't want to, we don't want to really play that game. But, uh, and everything, obviously, like we said, everything that we're mentioning right now. Uh, is has been alleged by both sides, and and I we would once again implore you to do your own research yeah, on all of this.
1: Don't I would also say like at home. I wouldn't. I would encourage you not to sit back and just take side because it's easy to sit there and right. just look at this and be like, hmm, yeah, that don't like that. Yeah. I'm on team. Yeah, X, dive, y, Z. dive
2: into everything you can. You know, you certainly use this podcast as a resource, but then dive into everything you can find on this. Um, you know, use use the internet and the resources we have to our advantage, and let's. Uh, Let's just be rational. Be rational with Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's be rational and let's not let's not just jump on board because oh I love Prodigy or Oh I love Gannett. Like let's, you know, let's try to not make a hash out of this because the media and the consumers of disc golf have the, the the biggest like platform to keep this like as level-headed as it can be, <laughs> because it's probably going to get crazy. Uh, so, like you know, I think we should take that opportunity. I mean, I, I mean, if something comes out that is just like borderline crazy, and we ha- feel like we have to, you know, double down on it, then maybe we will. But like for right now, we're kind of just trying to see it all. Yeah, for right now,
1: there's not enough information out there to know anything because realistically, all the information you can find is more or less prodigy side because it's you can see Gannon's alleged material breaches, and then you see. Prodigy's filing but we aren't really seeing gannon's response to this filing yeah there's and so there's
2: more to be there's certainly there's a lot more information out there that there's a lot on the table but there's a lot to be found out still that yeah. we uh we certainly would like to see happen but yeah i guess march 3rd circle that on your calendar march
1: 3rd <laughs> I'll, yeah i'll be very, very i think are we playing a flex start that day <laughs> i think we are i'll be very it'll be very interesting to see kind of what what happens there because it, it, it realistically it can determine gannon burr's future um, yeah, I mean it's just wilding to me because, like, I mean this 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 we could just, change the course of Gannon Burr's career. This is going to change disc golf. Well, this changes yeah. disc golf. Yeah, this is yeah. a precedent setting court case.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because and here's the thing: if you guys don't, if you guys aren't familiar with the legal system and how a lot of it works, a major, major part of how you succeed in court is by using precedent of other court cases, right? And obviously. With something like this a lot of the things they're going to be using as precedent that they're going to be citing are not with from within disc golf but if we if this you know is decided a certain way and there is now precedent of something that happens literally in disc golf and there are other contracts that exist with similar situations like they're going to refer back to prodigy right, versus so, burr yeah yeah you're going to see cited in there. prodigy v uh pdi v gb like as uh the cited case so you know that is going to be a huge precedent for the sport and it's and it's crazy like i just can't believe this is happening like it it was just crazy to me because like when i took my undergrad law class we we had a case study once and it was like literally it had to do with georgia contract law between this college football coach and his and uh the school Mm -hmm. and reading through it like we had to read through it. it's just like so similar and it's like it's like my uh, it's one of those like wow i actually got yeah, to do something i learned knowledge. in school <laughs> but uh it's crazy like seeing something that i learned in undergrad like applied to disc golf in a way that like i didn't think i would see for a long time like yeah. i didn't think i would see such a big deal legal case in disc golf like this for a while yeah now this is a. Uh, but the money is the money's in the sport as now the
1: money gets bigger than like because before you know when something like this would happen it literally could have been like a company being like, "Okay, we're gonna lose a, a few grand. Yeah. Like it's gonna cost us more to fight it's this." No than what secret we're that lose. Gannon
2: is a serious, but a serious deal, man. As
1: as money gets bigger and bigger, these contracts are getting bigger. I mean, we've seen multiple million dollar contracts. It's like stuff becomes more and more There's worth a lot fighting. At stake. Yeah, because like now it's like now, no, sudden so then- if we don't spend. <laughs> thousands of dollars to fight this we're losing millions of dollars right. it's like, like what the the thing starts to become as this golf yeah, gets bigger and bigger it's and like
2: now the legal fees get a little more justified yeah certainly. it's uh
1: interesting the other thing that i thought was uh interesting happened over on twitter obviously i responded and uh, i forget what I, I responded to old world saying something and drew gibson responded to me and his tweet to me said they tried to sue dickerson as well from what i know and i quote tweeted that and said what with a question mark and exclamation because i hadn't heard of that and he responded to me again and said, this is not from Gannon, but from a very reliable source. I believe they went after Pierce too, and DD Lawyers helped her. And then the text message that Gannon, or sorry, that Drew shows, again, this is not from Gannon, but the text message that Drew shows he's received says, they sued Chris too, and lost. Their contracts can't hold up against anything, mainly because they don't fulfill from their side. Now, if all of that's true, I have no idea, Drew's source, we never do, I have no idea where this came from, if all that's true, still means nothing. right right? because like it doesn't matter if you've sued someone before and lost because this isn't the same contract
2: right well and also he's saying drew also
1: has since deleted all of this
2: yeah whoever that was was saying like they've never fulfilled from their side but what what has been alleged so far was gannon's five complaints of of things that weren't fulfilled and what prodigy has alleged kind of does line up to say that they did Everything that was actually the in only contract. yeah cause they
1: basically said the one thing that right. could have been material breach. Prodigy saying they cured it S- yeah. in the thirty days. So that they were right locked.
2: now, right now, just looking at those like that seems to be what what we're looking at. But we'll just have to wait. Um, but yeah, man, I don't and that like obviously those one those legal cases were a lot more under wraps. Dude. This one has really been just and shout out to Ulti World for getting on this. Um, like obviously this could have been completely under wraps. Like yeah it's tough I mean there definitely would been a whole lot more speculation going on for the next few weeks if things stayed like this but uh shout out to ulti world it seems like they did a really good job uh getting a legal expert to like get into the case filings and and really unravel this for us and uh and that was obviously them posting the articles what sparked us to then get in, in contact with some people and try to get our information together but uh shout out to them good journalism a plus yeah man <laughs> so. it's
1: um wild time so obviously this is a storyline will follow throughout the year i can't tell you when we'll have more updates because there's no way to know um yeah, hopefully we'll have an update after march 3rd but it might be something where it gets pushed back and who knows what's going to happen it's crazy I think to the, think
2: that like we might not see a resolution to this case it could literally go on for years
1: the the <laughs> toughest part i think is like as this goes on if you're in gannon's shoes then you're in this weird spot of, like, you you don't want to enter a new contract yeah. because this hasn't been resolved. And then if you do, it's, like, this weird line of, could that come back to hurt you? So, like, yeah, you could have two years of great success with X, Y, or Z manufacturer, yeah. only for, you know, that to all be stricken away. I don't even know... I don't know law from a hill of beans, so I don't know one, what the heck could well, happen. One but, a... I, but I do know... <laughs> I do know that this is this could get very ugly and it could get even more hairy if another manufacturer enters the picture. Well
2: one of the one of the possible scenarios that that was presented to me that could happen is like if there was a settlement outside of court and Prodigy was basically like, okay, just pay us these damages and and we'll settle and you can be free of your contract. Could another manufacturer come alongside Gannon and, and pay Similar There's to like damages. MVP's
1: buyout, that was right, but that this wasn't would be this like, scenario yeah. because obviously in Simon's contract yeah. there was a buyout clause. This would be like I don't know a company walking in completely. and being like, "Okay, we'll cover all of that for you, so yeah. you can be completely f- hypothetical." Free and charge. also
2: like if if Prodigy if Prodigy does end up like really having a case with what they've brought to the table, like do they even want to settle? Is that something they even want to do? Um, what Gannon if if Gannon thinks like I've got the case, does he even want to think about? Well, one settling?
1: thing that would be fascinating and i don't know the answer to this is if this preliminary injunction goes through and it sides with prodigy obviously they're the one filing it and now gannon is tied up where he can't sign with another manufacturer until the hearing's done is he still bound by his prodigy contract or is he free because he can't promote other manufacturers is he free I, to go open back or how would that even I work? i can't
2: remember i can't remember because like but what prodigy was one the, th- the the interesting thing about this case too is what prodigy was a, wanting essentially is like they wanted damages and they wanted getting to like finish out, finish the out contract. his contract but that's what
1: i'm saying is like if this goes on for two years yeah or three years could prodigy essentially get an extension of ganon for free more or less not, in a weird way Well, but it's
2: a weird it's a weird one right because like everybody's gonna know the situation
1: yeah but i'm just so saying like it, like, it's not
2: really a promotion it's Ooh, it's where as, that's where it gets it, that's where it gets really that's where that's, that's the messy it. part like that's the messy part is but like, like what do, do you, you have do you a player throwing
0: discs they don't want to throw oh especially because now we have like alleged information of him saying like the actual words exactly. of his complaints on the company exactly
2: and, yeah and like complaints about the quality of the product yeah it's and to really, the quality really of the
1: product i can obviously only speak from my personal if you go back years ago i was sponsored by prodigy on a very very small level their product has come a long way yeah. over those past few years. Mm-hmm. There are still times where, yeah, we get a disc in and it's like, that flashing's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. That happens with most other I'd companies. i say a lot of
2: companies have products. Um,
1: there's companies with better quality assurance than Prodigy and there's companies with worse quality assurance than Prodigy. So, I mean, we, I've, I've seen Prodigy kind of get trashed on at times on social media and some of the claims were fair of an old Prodigy, but like some of their new molds, I think these not days- to Defend Prodigy or or void gannon's claims or anything like that i'm just saying from my personal experience prodigy's put out like the mx1 it it is not long before that disc is in my bag they've got Um, some good stuff they've made some strides because i think some people are going to get hung up on that and find that funny and and lean into it and it's like yeah if you threw some of the older prodigy i could see it i mean i had older prodigy discs where the oils were coming out i used a pro tip for you you put a little olive oil on a cotton ball rub that thing in my pa4 Brand new. Just got to massage um, it in there. But that's not stuff that I've noticed with like the newer prodigy discs that they've been yeah. coming out. So in my eyes, they they've made strides in that, but still they're not perfect. So, you right. know, who knows where Gannon this claims coming from? It could be like he got a, a bad shipment or something. Well, who I mean knows? I
0: I mean I completely believe I mean I've we a lot of the new prodigy is really good, but it still happens a lot. It still it still does happen. It still happen. happens a lot. So I don't like we can't discredit that. But I'm also I'm not discrediting it, but anyways. also at the same time, it doesn't matter because part of his contract. That would have to be in his contract. I would assume, this is an assumption, that part of his contract was not your discs can't have flashing.
2: Well, Prodigy is alleging that that's not part of it. Um, yeah. Like so, that would, yeah, that all. So, you, I mean,
0: you, he, knew, he knew all the flaws yeah. of the company before well, he signed his contract. Here's the thing.
1: Prodigy... If from, my, from the outside looking in, to wrap this whole thing up, Prodigy's confident they have a case to be well, moving forward with it. And yeah.
2: a big thing, and one more thing to Connor's point, a big thing that Prodigy was bringing to the table and alleging was that they, they basically said, if Gannon had these issues with the company, why did he just sign an extension with us? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was one of the things they Which, said. yes.
1: That is a fair point from the outside looking in. But it could also, who knows. Um, Prodigy, though, knows? from the outside looking in, to be moving forward with this, they've got to be confident that they have a case gannon from the outside looking in he he and his legal team's got to be confident to let him make that post on february 13th right leaving prodigy right so yeah. both from the outside looking in all signs point that both companies both individuals entities however you want to put which, it which are confident which
2: a lot of times if you have two confident legal sides that to me says this is are not going, looking at a we're not looking at a settlement
1: yeah that's that's from the outside looking in it looks like both company or companies I keep saying companies both entities are confident in their case, Whoa. which yeah. would, which would mean a settlement. In my mind, would be less well, likely, but probably the best outcome. And
2: one important thing that uh, that I heard uh, about the filings was that there is a clause that basically says that the losing um, party is responsible for the legal fees from from everything.
1: So and, as things get expensive, it's racking up and someone's so, bill,
2: right? So like that is a huge that's a huge deal because like that would if if Prodigy were the ones that put that in there, that would seem to me like they like you said, it just points back to the confidence of the uh, of the two sides. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's like it's things like a train get- wreck that you like can't look away from. Yeah, yeah I, hate are to, I hate to get de- a lot
1: de- crazier before they're like, uh, there, there
2: are like humans involved in these cases and some humans that could really have some tough <clears> things happen. So like I don't want to get candid about it or joke about it. Um That's what I was gonna say. I hate to dehumanize
0: the situation, right. but it's gonna be
2: very entertaining. It, it's oh, it, it, will it be, is gonna play out in, it'll in be an entertaining way probably, but yeah, it is gonna be I wish I wish everybody the best. That's all I say. Now, I don't wanna I don't wanna see like companies collapse. I don't wanna see Ganon Burr's career yeah, affected. I, I, I love like Prodigy,
0: I like Gannon. I don't wanna see either one fail. It's really best, it's really tough. In my man. mind, best
1: case scenario. Mom and Dad are fighting,
2: you know, it's it's not what we wanted to see. <laughs> the best
1: case scenario is some type of settlement happens. And we can just put it behind us. And Gannon just plays out twenty twenty three and then is free to move on and, and live freely and no one gets hurt too bad um you know hopefully this is something that we look back on like two years from now, and like man remember that time prodigy sued Gannon, and it was mm. just like settled and ended up not being that big of a deal hopefully that's where we end up at but obviously there's the other side of this coin where things could get really ugly and um we'll do our best to keep you informed hopefully we've given you enough information obviously we're being uh careful with what is and isn't said um so that we don't point fingers in a direction they shouldn't be pointed because as of right now this is all just alleged information that's being put out there and while it is public and you can go find it yourselves um there's still a lot of information that isn't out there and so this full story isn't out there um and the full story might never be out there but we'll let you know kind of what the public knows and what we know as we know it if that makes any sense um journalism we need to wrap up the podcast on on a light note some way Oh man, Hunter, you're Mr. Light guy. Yeah, give us yeah,
0: something, Connor, give man. Us something, Honestly, gotta, it's
2: weighing it's weighing heavy on me. Hunter, do you have a, you like a there's elephants sitting
1: on my chest right
0: now. And now, time for the fan favorite segment. Make that call. What you got, Hunter?
1: All right, <laughs> um, um, we're going we're going with uh, let me paint you in a scenario here that uh, I definitely have prepared. <laughs> He's and um, his brain is spinning
2: so. I'm fast not right gonna now.
1: just kind of throw it at you. Um, because you know, I want to, I want to mm-hmm. be, very, I want to always be prepared for these situations and not just make something up on the fly. And so let me just paint you in <laughs> this scenario here, right? <laughs> is OB marked on a T pad? Yeah. On a T sign. On a T pad? T sign. sign. Okay. okay. All right. It, the, it's clearly marked on the T sign uh-huh. that the OB is surrounded by water. You're at this course. It's got a little... Stream on the right side. I go right now? You know, we'll I just go. call it Sandusky. We'll say we're at Sandusky. Okay. Hold two. Surrounded by water is OB. Okay. On the left. But it's been raining a ton recently.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Water is now mm-hmm. the river is now all the way up and is under the basket now.
0: Oh my gosh. So it's an island hole. You have to be in the cage. Not even.
1: Yeah. So you throw <laughs> your tee shot and you land surrounded by said water
0: so like the water it's the water not like a puddle now, the water level has the just the water is there.
1: now connected to the river the ob okay. source and uh-huh. it is surrounding the basket yeah. so you have to <laughs> you throw your disc it lands surrounded by water your card mate says that's ob sir
2: yeah i think the what happens i, I think that i the say hole, i won't
0: tell if you don't
2: <laughs> i think the hole is not pdj legal because i don't think you can have a basket out of bounds so that's my answer so okay, okay. i would have the entire put
1: slightly. The water just comes up to within an inch of the basket, but doesn't surround it. So if you're an inch left, you're in the water, and that's where your disc that's, ends that's up. That's
2: fair. You're out of bounds.
1: You're ob. Yeah, yeah I honest. say
2: I say you're ob. Well, yeah, now you're out
1: of bounds. I think I agree. I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> there's I not there's not a rules wild scenario. The
2: basket can be as close to ob as it wants. I believe. Yeah. All right. You're but
1: like, I mean, I guess it's a that weird, would be a bummer, huh? That's a weird yeah. thing <laughs> in disc golf, right? Like ob lines can kind of be fluid because, like, if I've played I've played tournaments where. You throw a shot, and like the locals are like, "Yeah, normally the water's way higher. That wouldn't be, but like that's why you should always. That's why you should always rope and paint the lines. But what if the water gets too high? It's like is a secondary part of the question.
0: Whenever a hole says surrounded by water, if there's a puddle in the middle of the fairway, does that count? Mm
1: -mm. Normally, it normally Mm -mm. defines what water it's talking about. Surrounding,
2: yeah, they'll put that in the caddy book usually to like make sure they clarify.
1: Yeah, especially if there's like known puddles out there, they'll put like casual water blah 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 at
2: timbrook for example uh hole two it says Mm -hmm. it specifically says the drainage pond surrounded by water it doesn't just say surrounded by water But like like what if
1: that drainage pond overflows it it could be very fascinating of like the water connects to water but then like what if there's a dry listen man
2: that's enough legal stuff for today
1: yeah connor way to make it more legal (laughs) that's my bad man you got
2: even more legalistic on us dude sorry Sorry, i'm
1: bad
0: man (laughs) There I'm you have man. it. That's the podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed. Um, I love when you end a podcast by saying, "That's, that's the, the podcast." podcast. Uh, yeah, look into this some, some
1: more. Don't don't be hasty and, and jump to sides based on, on just reading a headline. hasters are gonna hate. Um, definitely look into this more, um, and we'll keep you eyes up to date as we can. Do your own research. There's a lot of stuff being alleged and thrown out there, and hopefully, we've informed you as much as we can. That's um, what we're
2: here to do: not make claims, inform.
1: Yeah, and yeah. hopefully that's what you feel. You feel that you're is, at home, informed. Is a with statement a smile on your face. of Foundation
2: Disc Golf LLC. We're here to inform. That is a statement of Trevor. Stop!
1: Uh, all right, come on, <laughs> dude,
2: get behind me, bro. Get behind me. <laughs> all right, this guy's gonna sue me next. There you go. That's the show